The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I'd like to begin um, with uh, just hearing from you as, as, as you would like to share. And then, um, I'd, depending on how that goes, I've got some thoughts about a reflection that I'd like to have us do together. But um, I'd like to begin by just opening it up as usual for any comments or discussion about what you've been noticing. And in particular, actually, I'm interested, um, you know, the couple of things I've offered as some tools this week, the mindfulness out loud, the reflections, um, whether you found those useful, you know, how, how you've worked with incorporating those in your daily life, um, has there been any, any, anything that you've noticed around those? Um, so just I'm curious about that. Yeah, Elaine. The um, I've, I've was uh, really found the mindfulness out loud to be very helpful. Um, I've used it in my chore, um, just constantly, not you know letting the I'm aware of part drop. But um, and so I do think it's um, been very helpful to, in keeping me present. Uh huh. Yeah. And um, I've, it's really helped me to notice when thoughts are kicking in. That's Very great. Helpful. That's great because you, you know you're basically your mindfulness is there, right? And so you're seeing the thoughts arise. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and what do you what what do you how do you respond when that happens? When you notice I kind of ones? I kind of laugh and go, oh yeah, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah. When when did that happen? <laughs> um, and but I think it's making it easier to catch faster. I mean, I don't. I think it's. It's. It, I'm catching it within a couple of seconds. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. So that's very cool because I think I would spin much, much longer. Yeah. And it's also been very helpful with the um, meditation as well. So using that technique in the meditation. Yes. Mm-hmm. So for tonight, I actually thought. I mean, for the first time, I was present for the whole meditation, which was like. Whoa, look at that. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe I just was off on thought and I didn't catch myself, but I don't think so. Uh-huh. And were you using the, the, basically the noting then? I to, used a variety of things, but I was, I was noting for a lot of it. Uh-huh. And some of the time I was investigating and um, doing the thing that you recommended with the resting, um, what was it, resting, oh, the, the, reviewing. Oh, um, ref, resolve, ref, ref, re, re, relax. No, Reflect. Relax, reflect, review, resolve. Re- review, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, so some of the meditation tonight I was doing that too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. There is one other thing I'd really like to add, but it's sure. it has to do with wise speech. Uh-huh. So it's not no, quite what you want. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I have succeeded in practicing unwise sweet unwise speech at least once a day and uh, last night it was really amusing to me because I did it during the um, while I was here talking (laughs) 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 oh my god it's like the words came out of my mouth and I I immediately went why'd you say that <laughs> it's like, I could just feel my guts like dropping down and you know my intentions were very good and 
I think it was well received by people here, but I knew. I knew. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) So I said this the other day. I don't know if you were here um, when I said this. But these things happen. Yes, they do. They happen. (laughs) And they happen because of habits, you know, because of momentum of patterns of habits. Um, I, I also think that there's tension that develops during the day. And, you know, like... I yeah, mean, well, I yeah, was, that's part of the habit. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. it was, you know, I, I, there was some stuff that happened between this person and myself where he said some nasty things about me that hurt my feelings. And, you know, I think that was part of it, but... Really, I take full responsibility. I mean, <laughs> well, well, I, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, but what I want to point to is partly the fact that uh, not to beat yourself up about it. It is, it is the, you know, it is the mind that's doing this. Mm-hmm. It's not actually you that's doing it. Oh, no. It is me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very sweet of you, but no, it's, it is no, me. It, I, I, but, I don't. Let, I'm not going to let you take credit for the good stuff either. <laughs> but I did use the resolve part and and not and and trying very hard not to beat myself up, but just to resolve to to okay, try be, try to again. try better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is it is it's actually so much. It's habits and patterns. I mean, there's there's actually nobody here to to choose. I mean, we we it's it's an odd conundrum, you know that. The, the choices that we make are conditioned out of our life to this moment. And, you know, the, the, the funny piece of it is that, you know, if you feel like you have a choice in a moment, if it feels like I have a choice, you know, I can choose, if it feels like that, then you need to choose skillfully, if you can. And sometimes you can't. I mean, sometimes you see, yep, there's something coming up. Shouldn't say that. And there it goes. It's out. Okay, well, you know, it's just like the mindfulness isn't strong enough. The wisdom isn't strong enough to meet that pattern. And it is, it is a pattern of greed, aversion, and delusion that's at work. And when we are mindful, the pattern of wisdom can come into play and kind of avert it. But neither side is I or me or mine. It is simply patterns playing out. And if it feels like you have a choice, you need to consciously try to choose skillfully. Um, But often we simply have to recognize... I mean, the way I understand this whole path working is that, um, you know, we, we notice. We're being mindful. And that's the way the path kind of unfolds. And we notice where we do something that... Um, like this, where we feel like it's causing suffering. And we are suffering. We ourselves are suffering. And we notice that others are suffering. And we, um, we're mindful of that suffering. We're aware of that suffering. And the mind learns about suffering, and it learns about the causes and conditions that led to that suffering. And over time, as we practice in this form, by being aware of where we suffer and understanding how we got to that suffering, the mind begins to choose not to do things 
that it knows lead to suffering. Because our minds don't want to suffer. Our minds really don't want to suffer. But our minds misunderstand what will make us happy and not make us suffer. We, um, we think that getting what we want, getting rid of what we don't want, you know, kind of in the moment, that that is what will make us happy. You know, that acting on that greed and aversion, that's what we've learned that we think makes us happy. It makes us happy for a few moments, maybe a day, maybe a few hours, maybe a few seconds. And so we get that hit of, okay, that's what it's supposed to feel like. And the only way we know how to create that feeling is to act on greed or aversion. And when mindfulness reveals the suffering that's inherent in acting on greed or aversion, it starts to realize, oh, that way, that doesn't actually make me happy. And it starts to let go. But it's, it's like, I think it's the great, amazing good fortune that our bodies and minds are set up this way, that when we actually pay attention, the mind begins to let go of the suffering. Our minds do that. It's not something we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is is kind of mysterious, but um, um, you know. So the the exploration around mindfulness, where we are suffering, is essentially that is our that's the the prow of the boat that will guide us to freedom if we honestly notice where we're suffering and honestly acknowledge the participation of our patterns that led to that suffering. It's like the mind will just unravel the suffering itself. That's at least the way it's, I'm experiencing it in my own practice. Thank you. <laughs> so no need to beat yourself up. But, I mean, that the funny thing about, I mean, um, you know, Choices, intention and choice is conditioned. You know, it's it's in some ways it doesn't it doesn't feel like, I mean it 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 feels like we have free will. And my kind of understanding of this is that it feels like we have free will when we don't see the intentions and the motivations leading to the choice. When the mindfulness gets really clear, we see, oh, it's wisdom choosing this. It's aversion choosing this. It's, it's not I with some free will. It's, uh, but it, if it feels like you have free will in a moment, it's like that, that level, I think I talked about that horizon of... Um, the unconscious, you know, the intentions underneath that we can't really see. There's this horizon level of some some level of um, where our mindfulness hasn't penetrated. See, it's not quite continuous enough to really penetrate to see how all the causes and conditions come together to form this the choice from this moment. And actually, you know, the causes and conditions that lead to any one moment are so complex that we can't really see all of them. We can kind of see in our own minds the immediately preceding ones. Um, and in, in seeing that even, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been on one retreat, I got to a place where the mind was really, really continuous. And I saw this reactivity forming. 
Actually, I was meditating in my room and my roommate walked in. While I was meditating and there was a little bit of reactivity and I just watched this whole thing like dominoes falling. You know, it's like it wasn't something I was doing. It wasn't something I was trying to do or not do. It was just the causes and conditions unfolding and just watching it. It was just, it was like incredible to see the play in the mind of how the mind reacted and then let go of that reaction and then came up with another thought and then reacted to that. It was like... It's like not I doing that. It really is causes and conditions. <laughs> and yet... Our choices in the moment make a difference. They make a huge difference. So if it feels like you have that choice, please make a skillful one. (laughs) And if you don't, like last night, it sounds like almost there was some kind of momentum, you know, that, that led you to speak in that way that just like, and probably pretty quickly after you said it, it's like, Barely got out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So forgiveness, forgiveness practice to yourself. You know, actually, this is a very interesting piece, you know. It, as we, as we um, see for ourselves how hard it is to control our own minds, our own mouths. We can become much more compassionate for others in, you know, how hard it is. I mean, it's hard for us to do it and we're really working at it this week, (laughs) you know. So it can bring a sense of compassion for humanity as a whole with the struggle of, of how we communicate and how we interact. And so forgiveness practice can be, um, you know, directing forgiveness for yourself when you do something like that. You know, for any way that I've harmed myself, um, I, I forgive myself. And asking forgiveness from others in your mind, you know, for a ways that I've harmed others, I ask for your forgiveness. And then uh, offering forgiveness to others for the way they've harmed you, for any way in which you have harmed me, I forgive you. Or, if you can't quite do that, I forgive you to the extent that I'm able, or if you don't even feel like you can do that, may I be able to forgive you someday. (laughs) So so you can actually do that as a conscious reflection. it can be a, a helpful practice at times if you're struggling with particular relationships to consciously do that for yourself, you know, internally um, as, a, as a practice. Thank you for that. <laughs> Bob. I remember last the last householder retreat, I found myself frequently not I wouldn't say beating myself up but kind of like being amazed at how often or how difficult it was to keep remembering the task kind of like it's kind of like a computer game in a way that somebody's 
that recently sent me about where that says the color, there's a little thing of a word, it'll say green, but the green is in red. Yes, yes. And, and you're and supposed to right. choose the color of the word, not what the word, word says. Word says, right. Uh-huh. And your mind, you know, wants to choose, to push the green button, but right. it's not. It's red. <laughs> and it takes you a few times before you can get it to where you're actually looking at the color and ignoring what it says uh-huh. Uh-huh. and doing it. But it's it's kind of like that in a way, but um, this time I uh, I remember kind of consciously saying, and I'm not a morning person, so I said, I'm not, ma- I'm not, in fact, I even told somebody, I'm not making a commitment to come any of the mornings. So I had much more of an ease about it, and I've made it to four out of the five mornings, which is interesting to notice the difference when I had that ease. I wasn't telling myself I should or, or you know, right. whatever. Uh-huh. That's kind of interesting to look at. But I've noticed a whole, even though I don't, I've been, have not, remembered many of the tasks at the time. I thought about them afterwards quite frequently. I still have a very different ease about it. And the ease is just allowing, it's sort of allowing the exploration of where and when my awareness will appear or happen. Great. Um, It's really interesting to see that subtlety. It's really a really subtle to me. I'm so happy that you've, you've gotten to that place. I mean, that is really a kind of a key shift in the daily life practice when you get to the place where you just kind of start taking an interest in those moments when the mindfulness returns instead of using it as a place to beat yourself up. You know, that's where the practice can really begin. So that's great. I'm really happy to hear that. So, so one of the things I think I, uh, about, especially I noticed it on the... Um, on the more involved task is that I started getting really curious about how I make intentions, how I set intentions. And I'm still, and I was kind of wondering if you or what, what the Buddha might have said, what's about, about intentions. Cause I know so, we can, so say we can, more about your exploration and then I'll maybe So you can say comments. the words. I, I could say the words. My, I've chose the task to do this. I've been, I've chosen, I'm going to, you know, whenever I walk through a door, I will be, that will trigger an awareness to be aware of mm-hmm. where I am. Mm-hmm. And that, um, so you can say the words or you can have a more subtle approach or something that you will and I don't want to say trust or have faith because it's not really that. It's just more uh, allowing, allowing the awareness or something about allowing. It. And this is where I'm curious about about the intention of it because there seems to be various ways to to set an intention. You can say the words, or you can, or you can like create an image in your mind of this is going to happen when that happens. You know, kind of create the cause or the, or yeah. the, and uh-huh. the condition. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but um, there's, I don't know, for some reason it's making me curious about how I, maybe it's just something I need to explore more is, is how I set intentions or what. Yeah, I mean, the, I, yeah, the, the term intention here, um, I, there, there may be another term we could use. I mean, it is that we usually use intention this way. It's like creating, it's more, it's almost more in the, in the realm of, um, an aspiration of kind of a direction you want to head. Um, you know, there's, there's intentions large and small. 
You know, there's there's small intentions, which are the kind of the the momentary experience right before something happens, where you know something's going to happen before you, it happens, and that's a, a subtler level of intention. And then there's kind of the the, the medium range intentions, where you know it's like. Um, you know, you're sitting down at your desk and you're, you know, deciding, well, I'm going to do this first and then I'm going to do that first and then I'm going to do that. And then there's kind of the longer goals that we set, or kind of the, the, the trajectories for, you know, this is what I'd like to do for uh, the week or here's how I'd like to engage with my practice. I'd like to, you know, set the intention to observe patience or impatience or whatever we choose to kind of look at for a period of time. Um, you know, I think for each of us, there's in terms of that that last kind of setting, kind of a I don't even know what to call it, a goal or an aspiration, something like that. Um, I think it probably is different for each of us how that comes about. For me, it. Um, it seems important to reconnect to that intention regularly. So it's not just about saying, this is what I'm going to do for the week, at the beginning of the week. It's about reminding myself regularly. And so it, it could be just, you know, it could be an image, it could be um, just a, a statement of, in the mind, you know, this is what I'm going to do, or you know, kind of a connection with that, maybe a felt sense of what it would mean to be aware of that, that 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 seems to be. Um, that's that's a way I think I connect with it. Thinking on it now, is I I kind of come up in the moment with a felt sense of what it would be like to be experiencing that or doing that, and um, and then connect with that and. Um, you know, kind of, in a way, it's kind of a fun, I don't know what it do, what in the mind it's doing, but it's kind of expressing or moving towards, may that happen. You know, there's a kind of a, may that be so. Um, but I also find, in terms of this piece, um, it has to be really light. It can't be the, I'm going to do this. So I think your sense of allowing is really important. You know, much more of an openness to... Um, what happens, because with that kind of allowing, you're more apt to be just generally aware when the conditions are right. So those are just a few reflections. Um, Oh, actually, I just had a clue about something you said, and that's that um, for me to, I think, see the deeper... The deeper meaning, or the, or the deeper intent of the intention. That sounds funny, but not to for me not to get hung up on going through the door is the tactic or the strategy for becoming aware. It's not about the door. That's right. You know, and I can see that it's, and that's maybe a very simple example. I could choose maybe some other ones that would, you know, more, more maybe more important in life, but. Um, but still, it would be. It's easy to get hung up and attached to the whatever right. it is. This means if I remember each time I go through the door, that means I'm going to be aware. Right. That's, right. That, no. You know, no. Actually, it's much more. Each time you remember that you've forgotten that you've gone through the door, that's when you're aware. <laughs> 
the other thing is is slowing is is I noticed the one of the key things is slowing down. Boy, is that that's like a huge one. Yes. Yeah. And one th- other thing that you mentioned, let's see if I can remember, it just came and went. Um, oh, going forward, I mean, this is our last night in this group. Tomorrow we'll have the day long. and um, Well, actually, no, we'll kind of meet in, that, in this group tomorrow afternoon. Um, but um, just, you know, going forward, you know, this, the structure of this retreat is ending. Um, and I know those those of you who've done this a lot know the benefits of the structure, and you know that it it doesn't continue. Your your mindfulness doesn't continue at the same level um, without the structure of the retreat. But something you mentioned, um, just in terms of choosing something to bring your awareness to, you know the the offering that I make the first part of the week around choosing something very simple and very neutral is really just the way to begin to get your mind used to what it's like to remember to be mindful during daily activities. And what I often suggest as people move forward, if you want to try to continue this practice, is to pick something in your life some pattern, some habit, some way of interacting, something that you're really interested in understanding how it functions for you. How you get into that pattern, what happens for you, how you get caught, um, where you suffer, why you suffer, all of those things. Something that you're really interested in. Interest is key in terms of supporting the, the remembering. So if you pick something that you're interested in understanding, not so much to think, yeah, I want to understand that thing to get rid of it, but understand it for the sake of understanding it. There can be a transformation around it through the understanding. Um, but if you, just, if you pick something that you're interested in as a, an aspiration to set your um, awareness around, that can be a very productive exploration. So let's say you pick something a difficult emotion like worry or anger. Like yeah, like something or anger? Worry or anger. So something like worry or anger. So yeah, um, that's a good question. So how would you deal with that? Um, so the way I've worked with it is, um, for instance, with anger. This, is, this was actually the first, the very first time I did this, I chose anger as one of the things that I wanted to pay attention to because anger was ruining my life. You know, I was becoming non-functional. It was really, really hard for me to uh, function I got so angry, I'd find myself sitting there in front of the computer just frozen, you know, not able to do my work. And so I was really interested in understanding that anger. Now, at the same time, I did pick something neutral. So I had, I had both going. And I think that having the neutral thing at the same time that I had the exploration of the anger was actually really helpful. Because, you know, when you, if you are 
um, turning your attention, mindful attention, towards something difficult like anger or worry. And the only time or the main time that you're coming into mindfulness is around that anger or that worry. You know, it's unpleasant. It's difficult. It like tends to make you feel like, well, don't want to be here. <laughs> and so I actually found, I think it was really helpful to have the really neutral thing, which was just a much more sense of, oh, I can do this. I can be aware while I'm switching between Dawson Windows and my computer. You know, so it brought a sense of lightness to the mindfulness that supported me when I was um, working with the difficulty. So just to say that, that I found it helpful to have kind of a neutral piece along with uh, the challenging one. Um, And so what I did for myself was just resolved, it was kind of like that same thing, I'm going to try to be aware when I notice this pattern happening. With strong emotions like that, at least what I found, and you know, it unfolds differently. Worry, worry may, may be a little different, but with the anger in particular, the anger was so strong that at some point in that escalation of anger, the mind remembered, oh yeah, I said I was going to be aware of this. And you know, when I first started, by the time I remembered, I was in a full-blown rage. And it was really, really unpleasant. I didn't have a lot of tools at that point for um, being mindful of my emotions. I hadn't had any instructions about turning my attention to my body. About all I could do was recognize, yep, I'm angry. That in and of itself was really, really powerful. So just noticing, yep, I'm angry. And actually, I just like... I hadn't had much in the way of instructions. Like, okay, well, I'm angry. Okay. Wow, what do I do with this? That's, I, this is like some of the thoughts that arose. It's like, I have no idea what to do with this. <laughs> I guess I go back to work. In retrospect, thinking about that, you know, it's like I had been frozen. I hadn't been able to even think about working. And the mindfulness allowed enough space for me to kind of go, oh, I guess I go back to work. And so it it kind of broke into that spiraling pattern, you know, that often with anger, there's a a kind of feeding through thoughts. And that kind of recognition, oh, I said I was going to pay attention to that, broke that feeding cycle and allowed me to then say, well, I guess I go back to work. So for myself just continuing to resolve to be mindful of that anger, the way it unfolded over time was that um, the mindfulness began to remember about the fact that I wanted to remember the anger earlier in the cycle. So I wasn't quite as angry when I remembered, oh, I said I was going to be aware of this. And I saw that kind of over the course of a couple of months, I really began to see a lot more space because I was no longer getting caught into those rages. You know, I could be much more just like, oh yeah, there's, there's the anger. And it was much easier to deal with, much easier to just recognize and say, oh yeah, okay, maybe I go back to work again.
Well, I didn't even think of it in terms of observing its arising and passing at that point. I just, I mean, I was... I was just noticing, recognizing that I was angry. I mean, I had no instruction in terms of being really what mindfulness was. I had no idea. I just said, well, I'm going to try to pay attention. I read this book that said, rather than acting on your emotions, pay attention to them. That's all I knew. Really, that's all I knew. And what I could say was, angry. Yeah, I'm angry. I could, that's all I could do. I couldn't describe to you what anger felt like. I couldn't tell you how it felt in the body. I just knew I was angry. So uh, that, even just that simple recognition, just that simple noticing that's what's happening, over the course of several months had a very profound impact on my relationship to anger. And even at some point I saw... You know, I think it was a couple months into this process. At some point, I saw a thought arise in my mind about the person I was angry with, and I saw the mind kind of, ooh, really wanting to jump on that thought and get angry at that person. But having spent several months noticing that angry equaled painful suffering. The mind seeing that said, I don't think so. I'm not going to go there. And that moment was extremely profound. You know, that, that actually was a very, it was one of my, my, it was my earliest profound insight into my own mind that, um, you know, this paying attention, I mean, at even that moment, it's like, wow, this stuff's really powerful. <laughs> it can reveal the cause of the anger. And Allow me to not get angry. So that took a couple of months, and that was the first couple of months of my practice. I hadn't even really been doing sitting meditation. I was just observing my anger in my daily life. And it really was just kind of resolving to say, I'm going to do this. I'm interested in understanding this anger. I want to understand this anger. And that's partly why, too, I say I encourage people in the daily life practice not to have to like go, oh, yes, I'm angry. Okay, stop feel it in the body. It's like you're, you're in your daily life. Just notice what's happening at a very rough, high level. Whatever you can notice in your daily life at the level that you're paying attention in that moment, that's enough. It can be, it, just the transformation that can happen from that kind of exploration can be really, really powerful. And it's, again, it was just, the, just that resolve. I'm just going to pay attention to this. I just want to see what this is about. Now with worry, something like worry, I can imagine, you know, in some ways the anger was a great one to begin with because it had such a spiral out of control that I was bound to wake up in it at some point. You know, it's like I remembered my resolve. It was, it was hard those first few times, I have to say. It was hard to say, oh yeah, I said I was going to pay attention to this. It's like there was no way I wanted to pay attention to it. It was so unpleasant. But it was just like, okay, this is what's happening. And it, it really was just that commitment to say, I'm going to pay attention to it when I notice it. For something like worry, I can envision worry coming 
grabbing you for a while and then because of the way worry functions we figure something out perhaps you know it's like okay i can do that i can figure that out i can okay and then it's like the mind worries itself to a place and then it thinks it's figured something out and so it goes okay i can put that aside and then it goes on and you may never wake up in the midst of that it may only be in retrospect that you remember you had worried and so in that case all you can do is just notice oh I remember I had worried. So notice in that moment that you remember the worry and resolve again. Well, I'm going to try to see if I can. It's, it's really just a kind of a setting that intention again, setting that, that hope or that aspiration to try to connect with that state when it happens. And at, at some point with that continued recommitment, that continued resolve, you will connect with it at some point. But it's not just a resolve that has to happen once. I mean, people who make um, New Year's resolutions know this. You know, if you make a New Year's resolution, if you do that just that day of New Year's, it's like it'll last for a week maybe, unless you keep making it. It doesn't, it doesn't stick. So that, uh, that it's really important to keep reconnecting with that intention. I want to remember to wake up for this. I want to pay attention. I want to understand this worry. I want to try to do this. Just... Every time you remember you've forgotten, reconnect with that intention. So when watching your anger, you never did resolve, I don't wish to go there, you just kind of watched it. I just watched it, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that one point where that I saw the, the thought of the person and the mind you know, kind of inclining towards that anger, it was like, it was, I really felt like it was like this, really want to get angry. <laughs> it's like this real push towards that. But I didn't have to do, do the letting go of that. I mean, when, I, when the mind noticed that it was headed there, there was a recognition, there was a choice. Um, but it was kind of more like the, the mind letting go of it because it knew it was headed to suffering. It's kind of like, you know, the way you'd, you'd let go of a, if you touch a pot on the stove that's hot, you know, you just automatically let go of it. That's kind of the way it felt. Just like, oh, not going to go there. Um, and it, it wasn't me. It wasn't my choice to say, oh, I see that. I don't think I'll go there. It really was much more automatic in a way. Because, and I, this is, you know, this is relating to what I was saying to Elaine, is that because of paying attention to the suffering of that anger, it's like, am I new? It's headed, headed into, headed into bad place. <laughs> so. Yeah, Candace. Yeah. Could you use the mic? I'm okay. Please use, if... <laughs> Can you hear me? Uh-huh. Well, we're just listening to you. Um, just remind me of an incident a few days ago. I got caught. I got caught in the traffic, and uh, one car just just cut right in front of me, and I didn't have time to feel aware and just stop and f- see my emotion. I I had a just instant reactivity, and I was really angry and honk and we honk <laughs> it was really <laughs> horrible and after that i felt so remorseful and uh you know when you just have this instant reaction 
How do you do that, especially in traffic? I don't have time to, oh, my, look at my emotion. Right. Stop. So and, so, and after that, I felt a little compassion for the guy. Maybe he had a bad morning. But I just, sometimes, I don't know, I felt good. After all, I let out my little, you know, anger at the moment. So it's really hard when I want to do the instant reaction to those Well, you're not, you're not going to be able to break into those instant reactions unless you, over time, start to um, just notice what you wake up into. I mean, you woke up into the realization, oh, I'm, I'm reacting after kind of the reaction had happened. And just notice what's happening in that moment. That's, that's all that you can do. You can't go back and change that reaction. So, um, you know, over time, the mind begins to, to shift. But, you know, you can't, no, you can't say, oh, I'm going to be mindful here. If the mindfulness isn't present in that moment already, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not going to, um, to magically appear. It appears when it appears, and then we meet whatever it is that we've, we've come Come aware, become aware of. Sophia. So, um, I, I uh, became aware that um, I've been practicing disembodied awareness for a while, uh, secondary to, uh, you know, traumatic. Uh, uh, connection with, um, you know, a relative, and um, you know, getting re-traumatized. Um, so, anyway, I went to one of my groups uh, today, and then the, that, and then the combination of you know what I read in the group, and then just. Twice being behind you at the end of the meeting, well, be, right before I'm going <laughs> to walk out a door, um, and that uh, that woke me up. <laughs> so what what I woke up to is that um, I know it doesn't matter. However, you come to do it, and that's what happened. Is that I was about to go out the door. And when you were there, I stopped because you stopped. And that was helpful to me because it, it reminded me. So what I, what I realized is that what I've been doing all week, this is really profound, actually, is that I've been, um, and, and I guess this is what I've, the way I've lived my whole life, which is secondary to pretty horrific trauma, is that I've been seeing And then doing. That's what I. That's the way I've been living my whole life. Uh-huh. And um, I've been, you know, most of my life I've been I've spent lost in seeing and doing. Uh-huh. And so when I that's what I realized. And so um, then now I realize I stop. I and I'm thinking about the most dearly beloved person to me on earth really <laughs> is the venerable Thich Nhat Hanh and, 
And then I, I hear his voice, and he says, you know, breathing in, I know, I am aware that I am, I, I'm, I intend to walk through this doorway. I stop, and I notice the door. I'm breathing in, I know that I'm going through the door, breathing out, I walk through the door. I am aware that I am walking through the door, and I know that I'm walking through the door. And so I've been transformed back to where I was, <laughs> hopefully before all this uh, re-traumatization. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that knowing, is there a sense of a more embodied sense? That's right. Yeah. Which is what you had commented to me. Um, so helpfully at the beginning of the retreat. So, you know, you notice that. So that's what happens with trauma. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's what I want to write about in my book. Um, (laughs) So it's quite different. That's great. Wow. Thank you, Sophia. We only have a couple of minutes left. I'm wondering if anyone um, has any wisdom that they feel like they've learned this week that they'd be willing to share with the group. Some piece that they feel like has supported them and that they'd be willing to offer to the group. Anything? That was the reflection I was going to ask us to do if we'd had time. Um, Anything you found that supported you that might be of support to others? Something you might share? Well, I can put in a plug for the mindfulness bubble practice that we did this morning. Uh, in terms of altering your perception of reality, uh, Friday afternoons, my wife and I play golf with uh, another couple for recreation, and uh, it was a really nice day. And I'm out on this golf course, and I thought, well, let's try it. Let's do mindfulness bubble <laughs> <laughs> around, around being here. And, uh, you know, the clubs and, and the whole thing. And it totally altered my sense of myself, actually. It was just totally, it was like being in a whole new environment. Uh-huh. Uh, I lost uh, my normal sense of myself, which, you know, is a little bit tense because I really want to make par on this, on this hole and I want to hit the ball as well as my friend here. And it just took me totally out of that. And I just dropped every sense of having to do anything or having to be anybody or just was totally at home in the environment and totally relaxed when I played the ball. And uh, I guess the take-home message for me is that you can step out of your 
conditioning, actually. Uh, yeah, and um, it's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, sometimes these these pointers, you know, they can help us, and we can recall them. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I'm going to practice with that. Great. You know, it's uh, it's great. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it was an expanding awareness. Um, you might have done it before. I've done it on these retreats a couple of times, but I was starting at the top of the head and uh, noticing the sensations and then expanding the awareness to be a little larger to the head than to the neck and to the shoulders, to the body, the, the whole body, then expanding out beyond the edges of the body to hearing, including both feeling and hearing, including emotions, uh, then opening the eyes, including sight. Uh, the guided meditation was recorded this morning. so, And I think I've done it uh, at other times. So if you, if you look for expanding awareness um, on Audio Dharma, you'll find a version of it. Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's an interesting... Uh, Interesting guided exercise. <laughs> and what I talked about this morning was using that feeling that you get as a kind of a place to... You can, you can flip into that. If you get familiar enough with it, you can just choose to, to be in that space. Um, as Bud was saying, you know, that, that just having done it this morning. So, well, let's try this and see what happens. <laughs> So it's time to stop. So thank you all. I want to thank you for your practice this week. And um, I hope to see some of you tomorrow. Um, the, the day long tomorrow begins at 9.30. And I begin the, the day long with instructions. It's not like a, a normal session here where we begin with silence, uh, with a silent sitting. So if you are kind of wandering in between 9.30 and 10, you'll be missing some of the instructions. So. I'm hoping, I, starting at 9.30, hopefully that people will be able to be here by 9.30. So, <laughs> hope to see some of you tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs>